0: Hey friends, I'm Sabrina, the rookie around here. John and Dick are the old school American fans of F1. Thanks for taking time to listen in on a conversation we had about the 2023 Australian Grand Prix. A lot happened in that race. And in this post-race debrief, the guys and I discussed some of the things that surprised us. The amount of people going off the road. Charles and Sergio struggling in FP3. Signs, but not Sargent, getting a penalty. McLaren and Mercedes struggled. The number of red flags and, of course, Crash McGevin. Be on the lookout for who Dick calls ruthless. Hope you enjoy our conversation. Australian Grand Prix. A lot happened at this race. So let's get the things that, I don't know, maybe you guys will say this, you could have seen this coming. Maybe you'd say you didn't see this coming, but free practice through Quali. Dick, I'd like you to just give us some of your highlights, any things that you noted that um, especially leading up to the race would have been interesting.
1: A a number of things. One, I I have to say I was a little bit surprised, you know, we're, we're three races into the season, little bit surprised that we had as much you know i'm going to call it carnage as we had in free practice mm-hmm. and quality and i'm it's not really carnage and that there was a whole bunch of cars damaged but it was just people going off the road you know mm-hmm. and um some of that was the conditions we had rain, so we had to deal with that a little bit in free practice too i think which then gave us probably a fairly green track for free practice three. I never really specifically heard that, but I'm just making that assumption that it was probably, you know, the track had been washed and was now green. Um, and, and, you know, it's really easy for teams to kind of arrive at a setup and then the track changes dramatically. And then you kind of have to go back and re-baseline the car and that, you know, we saw both, um, Sergio and, and Charles both struggled a little bit, um, in free practice three. Um, and that may have been, I've kind of wondered about it, you know, if they just, you know, that engineering side on for Red Bull and Ferrari that was taking care of of Sergio and Charles, maybe they were maybe a little bit more caught out than the other side of the garage, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know. Um, You know, in terms of, you know, every time the guys went off, it seemed like there would wind up being gravel all over the place uh, just because of the gravel that gets laid up. And, you know, speaking as a driver, I can tell you that there's some tracks, man, you can just drop a wheel and next thing you know, the guy behind you is skating around because he's essentially trying to drive on marbles, and um and that's always kind of exciting. As far as the way quality went, I know it was probably a huge disappointment for Piastri to not make it out of Q one, but I think everybody's kind of like, yeah, the McLaren is so it's so finicky to drive. Historically, I mean, you you think about it, even with the rule change last year, Daniel Ricciardo couldn't come to grips with that McLaren. You know, he, a point. he he he's Right, he struggled with the the old McLaren from the old rule set in 2021, even though he did win a race. They then come in with a whole brand new set of rules and all that, and yet only Lando Norris is the one that could seem to drive the car. Piastri, I think, has actually done a pretty darn good job of showing that hey, I may be a rookie, but I've been given this car that at best is finicky, and he's he's showing that he's certainly worthy. So I don't think it, you know, stuff like that, I don't think it did any damage to him psychologically, although I would think that it probably was just a personal disappointment more than anything else that he would like to have done better in front of his home crowd. Mm -hmm. But would Ricardo have done a whole lot better? I don't know, because I think Ricardo – After having dealt with that probably pretty ridiculous, unpredictable car, I think his psychology had been so damaged that it definitely had been damaged for him. But I think Piastri's too new to know any better, maybe. Anyway, it's going to be really interesting to see how Piastri does over the season. And are these upgrade packages that McLaren is bringing, okay, maybe the car will be faster, but is it only faster in the hands of Lando? You know, is it still unpredictable? And how much longer is Lando going to put up with this? So. I think that's the other question, because, you know, if you're McLaren, you got to have both cars scoring points consistently because there's money at the end of the end of the year that's big dollars. And so having a car that only one of your guys can drive doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Anyway, that's that's kind of my take. I'm maybe, no, I'm not, maybe I've gone off on a tangent here, but, uh, I think it's a, it's a good thing to, to kind of think about because, uh, M- McLaren's got a problem. You know, I mean, Mercedes has that same sort of problem, except mm-hmm. both guys, you know, they're just dealing with a car that's just difficult and both guys kind of have their arms around it. Whereas uh, McLaren, historically i mean it's been we're you know two and a half years or two and a half seasons now where we've got a car that apparently only one guy can drive
0: yeah i like how you compared that or gave enough connection to the mercedes because i don't know that i necessarily would have drawn the conclusion you just presented but i think it's very valid analysis john do you want to jump in on any of this or you want to move on to the race
2: oh let's move on to the race
0: OK, so what are the highlights that stick in your mind? Well, th-
2: there's several things in there. I mean, how many how many red flags can you have in a, in a race <laughs> and still have a race? Um, that was pretty interesting. Uh, the, one of the things that I just really didn't understand was and maybe Dick has a take on this, but Sergio got a, a penalty for barging around and Logan Sargent, you know, took somebody off. And I think you mean Carlos.
0: Sainz, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think you mean Carlos Sainz, right? Not Sergio.
2: Sorry. yeah, Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Go ahead. One of
2: those S words. <laughs> um, yeah. Carlos, uh, you know, he got a penalty and Logan is sitting there going, well, you know, I mean, he's got to have a smile on his face because he didn't get the, he didn't get penalized. So it looked like the same thing to me. I'd like to know what the um, the stewards thought was different about that. Uh, but but so many crashes. I mean, uh, that just you know that just was kind of you know made me wonder about these guys, or maybe their cars are just so hard to manage. Frankly, that that was it was an exciting race. I you know once again uh, there's Alonzo doing just good work and really bringing the thing forward. So all good stuff. Mm-hmm. Huh? Good
1: race. Well, and, and and coaching his pit wall during the race on how to interpret the rules so that they can maximize to their advantage i just yep, good grief it's so <laughs> funny and the, the 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 capacity the mental capacity that that guy has is pretty incredible but we've yep. talked about that
0: so. Yep. okay if you so look at the word
1: ruthless the, i'll just close with this if you look at the word ruthless fernando's pictures right there in the dictionary <laughs> that's right
0: that's right that is so true um so Love but it. let's Let's look at the actual, what we've been quietly calling amongst the three of us. I don't know if it's t- become viral and other people have used their term, but Crash Smageddon. I feel like it was very confusing. The factors that the FIA was weighing in their decision-making, um, listening to the commentary, it seems like there were a ton of things that they were putting into their analysis. But post-race, it seems that many feel like the entertainment aspect was a huge factor. Do you agree with the way that the FIA made the call? Um, If so, why? If not, what do you think could have been done to handle it better?
2: Nick, I'll let you take that
1: one. Uh, Yeah, it's a kind of a loaded, uh, (laughs) a little bit of a loaded gun there. (laughs) That's why I think John Um, gave it to you. (laughs) Yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah, You're you're welcome. Yeah, we've seen it before um, where Mm -hmm. you have a big crash and, you know, in other series and they will, you know, four laps to go, whatever. And they'll stop the race, clean up the carnage to give the fans the opportunity to see the last lap be run under a green flag. And so obviously that's entertainment value there for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It, to me, I, I have a little bit of a mixed feelings about that those sorts of deals in that there is a certain degree, it's it's a little bit artificial or contrived maybe is maybe the better word. But on the other hand, without the fans being entertained, They don't necessarily come back. If your guy's not leading and now all of a sudden, hey, there's a shot that my guy, you know, (laughs) could, you know, pull off a bonsai, you know, two or three laps and, you know, move up a position or two or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, they probably would feel that way. But on the other hand, you know, somebody else is going to say, well, my guy got screwed. So, you know, I don't, (laughs) you know, it's, it's always going to be, you know, kind of the, the. You know what I always call the 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 blindfolded lady with the scales, right? The laws of justice, and so um, I, I think it could be argued either way. Like I said, it's a loaded gun for sure.
0: John,
2: there's there's just no way to make it fair, and it comes back to the limitations under the rules, the current rules, and I really favor some coming together of the minds to create a a rule that says, regardless of how many laps are scheduled, regardless of how much time remains, uh, under some circumstances, when we have this kind of uh, ending to the race, we're going to run X number of laps. And everybody, you know, maybe you bring everybody in, you put everybody on new tires, the same tires, you know, I don't know how you do it exactly. But you, you mm-hmm. don't leave it down to the question like you had when Hamilton and Max were going at it at the last race of the year, and it was down to the championship coming, you know, who won the championship. Right. Then it looks right. like somebody's putting their finger on the scales. So I, right. I favor some methodology, and I don't care. They need to come up with it. They need to do it now. This is obviously not the first time, even the season that this kind of thing has happened and it's going to happen again. And they need to come up with some strategy that everybody understands that puts them on a relatively equal footing and lets them go at it and have a race. It's both entertaining and it's as fair as you can get in an unfair situation.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. The justice person in me did not like this the entertainment side of me said i can make the argument as you guys said earlier um for the fans who were there but then i also think that's part of the world of racing you take the proposition that maybe it does not end the way that you think it will so you do you do risk that you may not be entertained because it rained out and the time the clock ran out and you can't finish it the way you wanted it to so i do think that methodology seems to be the best way to make this as fair in an unfair situation well this has been great thank you guys for talking about the australian grand prix i look forward to future conversations that ends this conversation. But rest assured, we'll keep talking and you can keep listening in because we're just two guys, a girl, and F1. For John, Dick, and me, thanks for listening.